From the Wall Street Journal. If the trouble starts, and it still remains an if, the trigger may well be obscure to the concerns of most Americans. Could be a missed budget projection by the Spanish government, the failure of Greece to hit a deficit reduction target, or a drop in Ireland's economic output. I mean, I get up in the morning, um, I'm looking for Lakers and Celtics scores, you know, the Giro in Italy, see who's biking well. I'm not just checking out on how Ireland's economic output is going along. So they're right. To me, at least, it is a bit obscure. But the knife-edge psychology currently governing global markets has put the future of the U.S. economic recovery in the hands of politicians in an assortment of European capitals. Now, that must be driving some Republicans really crazy. Remember when French fries became freedom fries because they wouldn't join us in that illegal war? And now the future of our economic recovery is in their hands? Oh, my, my. If one or more fail to make the expected progress on cutting budgets, restructuring economies, or boosting growth, it could drain confidence in a broad and unsettling way. Credit markets worldwide could lock up and throw the global global economy into recession. Where it is, I believe, already. For the average American, uh, that uh, seemingly distinct sequence of events could translate into another hit on the 401k plan, actually the 101k by now, a lost factory shift if exports to Europe decline, and another shock to the banking system that might make it harder to borrow. Quote, if what happened in Greece were to happen in a large country, it could fundamentally mark our times, according to Angelos Pangratis, head of the European Union delegation to the United States. It marks a change, according to uh, Barclay Capital's uh, European economist Julian Callow. He says, it marks a change from a situation in which the bonds of European countries were considered to carry virtually zero risk to a brave new world where sovereign default is one of the world's core economic threats. Bank holdings of European debt are now being studied with the same focus giving to holdings of U.S. mortgage-backed securities as the global financial crisis unfolds, and with the same suspicion that problems in one part of the world could wreck others. In other words, they're looking at the what they call sovereign debt. These, these are the treasury notes of a country. U.S. has our treasury notes. They're looking at Greek notes and, and, and Spanish notes and Irish notes and saying, these could be junk. These could be toxic. Oh, my golly. Pass me the freedom fries. Well, Peter, I've taken a poll. Really? Yeah, I've taken a poll on Paul. Poll on a poll poll. A poll poll. I've taken a, I, I'm appalled by yeah. the number of polls that there are out there. And the number of polls. Well, the number of polls, too. Yeah, right. And, uh, and they know. vote Democratic, or maybe they're going to vote Libertarian for them. Maybe well, they put I them don't in. Know. Most of them are out of work because they didn't the polls go up there to the uh, Rust auto belt. plant, something like that. Uh, they're rusting yeah. along with, the, you know, their belts are rusting. Okay. Yeah, we've got what? now. Rand Paul. Yes. Rand Paul sounds like Ron Paul to me. Mm-hmm. Of course, I always think I'd rather have Ron Paul. And, and his father. What's father's name is Ron Paul? No. Rand Paul and Ron Paul. Rand yeah, Paul Rand, and Ron Rand Paul. Rand Paul. Rand and Paul. so we have to bear with both of them. We become then Paul Bearers. And I warned, uh, like last week, I read this article that said, man, if he wins, the GOP is going to have trouble on their hands. And here's a little, little tidbit from Politico. It says, uh, they call it the Rand Paul Project. And they said that unconventional candidates are prone to do unconventional things. Like, for example, 
him taking to task the civil rights bill, you know, and the, 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 he's, you know, racial discrimination, he said, is okay on a federal level, but you can't tell businesses, in, in a sense, he said, to ha- why shouldn't they have separate drinking fountains for their African American and, and Anglo workers? That's business decides that. And if you don't like it, then quit or boycott the business. And it's really gotten, uh, really mm. gotten the, the, the traditional GOP, if that really makes any sense. They've, it's got their panties in a Yeah, twist. sure, because they don't want to go there either, you know. That, that's too extreme. That's, yeah, it's Tea Party know. stuff. And, yeah. and, you know, even now we got Senator Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, the guy with the prissiest mouth I've ever seen in the Senate. Not one of my favorite You can just call him Senator Prissy Mouth. Yeah, well, Senator Prissy Mouth, who was the senior, um, you know, senator from Kentucky and who basically um, uh, led the charge against Rand Paul. Uh, yeah, okay, right? And he endorsed his primary rival, um, was asked about this statement, and uh, he repeatedly ignored the questions, ignored them, asked if he was worried about Paul's viability in the general election. McConnell grinned and walked into his office without saying a word. Now, the problem with Rand Paul is that he has such a narrow and rigid philosophy that it gets him into trouble on issues, said Jack Conway, Kentucky's attorney general. He's the man that's running against Paul. Conway said, it's not just on the Civil Rights Act. Look at his comments on the Americans with Disability Act, on OSHA regulations. So what about consumer protection? What about the FDA? Does he think business ought to be completely left alone by the federal government? Does he want to leave Wall Street alone? Look, look where that got us. So, you know, that's he's going to have the Republican Party is going to have to live with this guy. And it's not the only one. You know, they've got a couple who say that, um, well, we'll see later that the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence were written by the finger of God. Yeah. You know, I can remember back to um, 1964 when I had a bumper sticker on my Volkswagen Beetle that said, uh, Goldwater for Halloween. Good digital day to you, dear friends. I'm Reverend Bill Barnstormer of the First Vigilant Church of Science Fiction. My text today is from the second book of Paul, chapter 2. And Rand went forth unto the tea partiers, his eyes to the ophthalmoscope wherethrough he could see into the eye of his beholders. And he saith unto them, Is it always someone's fault? Maybe sometimes accidents happen. And, dear friends, say thank you for that, because don't we know that accidents do happen every day in our kitchens, in our schoolrooms, and even in our cars? And yes, even in our darkest coal mines and our deepest oil holes, accidents can happen. And if they do, well, can't we blame the government? And dear friends, if it's not someone's fault, aren't we glad? Because if it were, then we'd have to take an interest in it. And dear friends, interest rates are way, way down. Now you can get your own copy of the first and second books of Paul from the fine folks at WFCFA. That's White Folks for a Compassion-Free America right down there in Brasero, Arizona. And say, if you'd like one of those front porch signs you've been hearing about and seeing on the news, it's, it's just got those simple words, we ain't calling 911. And after you hang it up there on your porch there, well, you can put your own 
toy water gun or rocket launcher right there to, you know, give people a picture. So you just send a postcard to sign Divine Holy Name Blessed Covenant Church of the Second Amendment dot com right there at Box 1776, Billville, USA. This is the Reverend Bill Barnstormer saying, thank you, dear friends.